Good afternoon. Greetings in the name of Jesus. It is a pleasure to come to you and honor to bring to you God's Word today. The Lord has been very good, and for this reason, we are praising Him all the time. Not because of good circumstances or we got what we want, but because He is God, and He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Today's meditation is entitled, Who Am I in Christ? And I read it from God's Word. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's very powerful when we can just always remember and try to comprehend by God's grace and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit who we are in Jesus Christ. We'll start off with God's part in Ephesians chapter 1, 3 to 6. In verse 3, the first part, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. First thing first, as soon as one is born again and the confirmation of the Holy Spirit dawns on him, the expected response is to bless, worship, thank, exalt, and glorify the grace of God. Blessed be the God. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That is the second part of verse 3. Much more as we learn from the reading and teaching of the word to realize believers are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That is in the verse of Ephesians 1, 3, verse 2nd part. This is why those newly born again need the milk of the Word, as all babies have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord! We are blessed with our spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now the third of God's part, Ephesians 1 verse 4. Another reason to adore God is because He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. God does not wait before a sinner accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior. From eternity, God has already known with the world, who in the world will believe? Thus, he already had chosen all believers because they found before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. So, if you have believed in Jesus Christ long before Adam and Eve were created and before creation, he already knew that you will be a believer. God is not like us, we wait for the harvest. And wondering when it will come out. Of course, if it is a certain plant, a guava tree, we expect guavas. If it is uh, another type of leaf, apple tree or orange tree, whatever, we expect that. And so God already knows who will believe in Him. He is God. So in verse 4, second part, all believers through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, 
are made holy and without blame before Him in love. We are fully forgiven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's just after like children, they play in the mud, they roll in the mud, or after a game outside on a rainy day and it's raining, it's very muddy. And when you come home, take a good shower and put on clean clothes, we are clean. In the case of us sinners, when we come to God, we were not clean before. From the beginning, we were born in sin. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, First John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. We are now holy and without blame before Him in love. Hallelujah! What a wonderful Savior. And then, in verse 5a, finally, in these sequences of verses, we find that we have been predestinated with the, before the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. Hallelujah! Predestinated. He already knew before the foundation of the world, and He predestinated us intentionally. When He call, called us into His kingdom, we be, become the children of God. Hallelujah! In uh, 1 John 1, 12, But as many as receive Him, to them God has given the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on His name. Hallelujah! Once upon a time, we were the children of the devil. Now, because of Jesus Christ, we are now children of God. Then verse 6, According to the good pleasure of His will, it's the pleasure of God that we experience all of this. Why? John 3.16, our favorite verse, For God so loved the world that He gave. What a wonderful God. He so loved us, although we were sinners, disobedient, dishonoring Him, and breaking His word. Yet He loved us with the intention that He would bring to us the gospel, primarily by giving us Jesus Christ. It says, that He gave His only begotten Son. John 16, still. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now the question is, how did God the Father give us His Son, Jesus Christ? So in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11, we read these verses and we'll emphasize certain words. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So what Jesus was in the form of God, the part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, He did not think it to be robbery, to be holding on to something that, to be God, when He is actually God. But made Himself, verse 7, but made Himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. By coming down through the Virgin Mary, and to be born as a man, he had really humbled himself. And then verse 6, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself further, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wow! Hated of men. And why? Going to the cross? 
because of your sin and my sin. He loved us that much. So verse 9, Wherefore God also had highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now you say, but Pastor, not everybody is glorifying God. Not everybody is acknowledging Jesus is Lord. Not everybody's tongue confesses that Jesus is the Lord. Not now, but when the millennium comes, after the resurrection and the marriage supper of the Lamb, and when we come back to earth, together with Jesus Christ, even the unbelievers, during the 1,000 reign, will confess Jesus is Lord. But even after the 1,000 reign, the devil will be released and all his forces and part of the world that still unbe- that did not believe, even despite the righteous reign of Jesus Christ for a thousand years, will rise and fight against the kingdom of God. So in John 1, verses 1 to 3 and 14, this is an emphasis on who really Jesus Christ is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verses 1 to 3 and verse 14, particularly verses 1 to 3, the key word here is the Word, the Word, the Word. And that is referring to Jesus Christ, verse 14, and the Word was made flesh. The Word. What was the Word? According to verse 1, in the beginning. Is that the same as Genesis 1-1? In the beginning, God created heaven and earth? No. This is before, beginning of the creation. From eternity, the Word already existed. Why? The Word was with God, the eternal God. And much more, the last part of verse 1, and the Word was really God Himself. That Word, Jesus, was God Himself. And that's why it says in verse 2, The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Now, to emphasize this, how were the creation, the different Aspect of creation brought about. It is read in Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be lights. And God said, let there be plants. And God said, let there be animals. And God said, let there be water and so on. Coming out from the lips of God, the words came out. Hallelujah. Jesus is that word, the creator. But according to verse 14 of John chapter 1, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! The great, great Creator becoming flesh. And while here on earth we beheld His glory, 
After he was so ordinary, despised and rejected of men, but what was his glory? The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. His life was full of grace. His preaching was all truth. His dealings with the sinners and the righteous was all in truth. What a wonderful God. Hallelujah. And so now we come to be talk about our part, men's part. We're reading from Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 13. Verse 8 begins, But what does it say? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, And believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, will not be rejected. Whosoever comes to me, I will receive. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich. Unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just two major things. First, we have to believe that Jesus Christ really died on the cross. You and I know he died for our sins. He took our place on the cross. The wages of sin is death. He took the result of our disobedience and ungodliness, death on the cross. But he did not remain dead after three days, as the whole world recognizes by history, Jesus rose from the grave. While some part of the world still reject the truth, all Christians believe. As they see, they go to the, see the empty tomb in Jerusalem, Jesus Christ really alive. Even the local people that cannot deny it because it's part of their history that a man called Jesus and been nailed to the cross, was buried on the third day, rose again. Now we come. What are some of the initial results? We'll have a few, but we'll start with this. In the following Sundays, we'll be giving some more. The blessings of every believer in Christ. Okay, now Initial result in Romans 8, 1-9. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus because we are cleansed from sin. We are forgiven. Hallelujah. No more condemnation. The wages of sin is death. But because we believe in Jesus Christ, there is no more condemnation. Jesus bore it already on the cross. Second part of verse 1 of Romans chapter 8. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now this is a very important fact here. Since we have been born again, and the Holy Spirit living in us, we walk under the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit. We walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Here is where the dynamism is. Some people think that becoming religious joining a church, have a membership card in the church, or even bapt- baptized 
in the church. These are not the proofs. It is rather a change of walk. Before we walk after the flesh, with the devil as our shepherd, leading us to destruction. But today, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So we now walk after the Spirit. We are no longer after the flesh. Now in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So we see here in Christ, we are now living in the living life of being governed by the Holy Spirit, no longer under the influence of sin and death. Hallelujah. We are no longer fear, we have no longer fear of death. We have the all hope of spending life with Christ. And so today, we live in living in Christ in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, free from the law of sin and death. Now verse 3, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That there's a weakness as far as the law is concerned. The law could not change us. In our efforts, we find ourselves maybe accomplishing some. But in many areas of life, we fail. We fall. By what is the first and greatest commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all our strength. But when we walk the law of sin, it is I, I, I. That is why we fail in the law. So verse 4, That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The requirement of living according to God's will cannot be fulfilled by the law. Rather, the righteousness of the law now as we walk in the Spirit is being fulfilled as we love the Lord with, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Romans 5.5 5 said, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by His Holy Spirit. It's sort of verses 5 to 8 of Romans chapter 8. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That's I, I, I. Or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But they that are after the Spirit, after the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Oh, praise the Lord, this can be real. It is not by our efforts, it's not by the arm of the flesh, but only by the Spirit. And we claim again, 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
That brings us back to 1 John 1, 7. Two verses before that. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us or keeps on cleansing us from all sin. And this happens us again, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess, we admit before God we fail in humility, in repentance, and God is ready to forgive. Hallelujah. That is life in the Spirit. Continual cleansing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, But of Him, Jesus Christ, are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Hallelujah. Through God, and being in Jesus Christ, we are made wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and granted redemption. Hallelujah. And so, how does that work? According to Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, by which he to us is given the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and that confirmed unto us the word of reconciliation. Beautiful word, reconciliation. Praise the Lord. We who were once upon a time enemies of God, breaking the law of God, not giving Him the glory and praise, not letting Him rule our life. We rule our life. But now that we come to Jesus Christ and we recognize Him as our Lord and Savior, we are reconciled to God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful work. Not by our own self, not because of our good deeds, not because we paid a price. It is all paid by Jesus Christ Himself. We are now reconciled to God. In John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the way, the brand truth, and you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So all that God requires is we abide in him. That means like a branch connected always to the main tree. Then we can bear fruit. For without him, we can do nothing. And going back to our previous verse in Second Corinthians 5.18, Because we are born again. Because we are reconciled to God. Because we are redeemed. We have the message of reconciliation. We can tell others, don't be afraid of death. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. But where I am, there you may also be, or there may you may be also. And so John 17, verse 22, And the glory which thou gavest me, now this is the prayer of Jesus, I have given them, and they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and thou hast loved them, and as thou hast loved me. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see the picture here? How exciting it is. Jesus praying. Now let this be realized. Let this be experienced. What a wonderful life I've given to them. They are no longer just a different portion. They are now part of us. We are the body of Christ, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, we want them to be one with me and will be one with you. I in them and thou in me, verse 23, that they be made perfect in one. Hallelujah. In Jesus Christ, we are now perfect, even with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. With the Father receiving His love, with Jesus Christ one in Him, living in Him, and finally the Holy Spirit living in us. Today, He has trans- transformed our bodies into His temple, and He lives with us. And we are now, according to the prayer of Jesus, in, Psalm, in John 17, verse 22, that we will be one with the Father as we are one in Jesus Christ. So conclusion, to just summarize the main points of today's sermon. Number one, in our regeneration and reconciliation, God planned and implemented is from eternity, long before anything was created, because God is from eternity. He has already programmed our regeneration and reconciliation through Jesus Christ. Secondly, He paid the full price by the incarnation and death of Christ at Calvary. Hallelujah! The Word, Jesus Christ Himself, became flesh just to die at the cross of Calvary for our salvation. Number three, all that He required is that we we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in our hearts that He has risen from the dead, meaning that we acknowledge gratefully that He died for our sins. Hallelujah. With our lips, we confess Jesus is Lord. But in our hearts, we believe that He died and rose again for our salvation. And number four, consequently in Christ, A, we become children of God, adopted children of God. B, we are blessed with spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. We cannot imagine, we cannot fathom the depth of all the blessings that God has prepared for us in heaven. According to the promise, my God shall supply all your need, huh? according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Unlimited resources and unlimited blessings. See? We have been fully pardoned of our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ God's us cleanses us from all sin. Not most or part of, but all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And finally, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the kind of person that God intends us to be. No longer like the law, when all God required to do things, to be what He wanted us to be. But there was no enabling, 
But today, it's different. All we have to do is acknowledge Jesus is Lord. And Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will fellowship with him. Hallelujah. As the Jesus comes in in the person of the Holy Spirit, our lives are transformed. And we are able, again, we will repeat Romans 5.5, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by His Holy Spirit. We can love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, with our mind, and with all our strength. And that love to God should be reflected in our lives. Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. What a wonderful life! Living in the Spirit, living in God-empowered lives, and a life being a child of God. No one can offer that. Only God can offer. God bless you. May your life be full of joy and blessings. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.